Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hi there, plant people. Thank you for joining me in my backyard. I am so, so glad that our weather has decided to go back to being reasonable and I promise I will never complain about the crazy Texas winters ever again. We had plenty of issues caused by the storm and freeze damage both um, here at my house but also at work too and I've been um, trying to sort through and get things fixed and Um, And, you know, we also had that um, boil water notice for a whole week, and it has just felt like a hundred million years ago that we had anything normal, but I think we're getting pretty close, and I don't believe that I ever thought I would be saying this, but after this freeze and a week of boiling water and plumbing damages, I am really grateful to be going back to regular COVID because snow COVID sucked. I don't want to ever have to do that ever again. Um, It gets zero SARS and I do not recommend it. All right. Um, I had a little chance to walk around the yard this week and check things out. I only have a few plants that are for sure dead. I have a whole lot that I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if they'll come back. Parts of the plants look terrible and they look pretty dead. But just because they don't look great doesn't mean that they are dead. There still could be some life deep down below the surface that was able to stay nice and insulated from the worst of the cold. I just won't know until I give them an opportunity um, to warm back up and see if they will make a comeback. All of our plants have been very stressed by the extreme cold. And as temperatures um, warm up, it's going to be very tempting to go out and start like a big cleanup. But just be patient. Giving your plants and your garden time to recoup and recover is really the best thing for them as we transition to warmer spring days. Even though um, it's warm today and the forecast for Taylor and Central Texas for the end of February and the beginning of March, our last average frost is March 5th. So we still could get some cooler weather as we creep and creep on into spring that date march 5th is an average it's a pretty good target that it's safe to um, start putting our warm season plants outside we aren't guaranteed so just keep an eye on the forecast before you start um, going crazy planting those warm warm season plants Um, You can take care of some cleanup chores right now, um, like removing any sort of mushy leaves like agave, 
leaves and cacti pads um, that froze. I have an owl plant that is nothing but a pot of mush. Those pretty and thick fleshy leaves, um, they froze and thawed. Um, they aren't coming back and by removing the mush and the mess from those plants um, will be a good thing that mess will only start to decay and if you don't remove it it's going to be an invitation for pathogens if your plants did happen to have some life in it it could um, get even more stressed by having to fight off um, a new pathogen and trying to deal with that so get the gross nasty stuff off but don't um, try to attempt any other any other pruning on those plants cacti and agave you know they're going to let you know which parts are good and which ones aren't if the center of your damaged agave are still firm you can remove all the bad mushy parts um, check the base of the agave and see how they look if they are solid and look good there's a chance it'll be able to recover and um, it will be a nice looking plant again if the base is weak um, like you've removed too many of the lower frozen leaves it, it still could recover but it might not be the best looking plant um, and when that when we go through stresses like this weak plants eventually develop other problems um, just far beyond just being ugly so as you are out evaluating your plants and landscaping keep this in mind just because a plant is alive and limping along it may not be worth your trouble to keep it going especially if you are particular about symmetry and aesthetics in your garden older more established trees and shrubs are likely to be okay after this big freeze they may not look super pretty, but you know, that's to be expected. After dealing with the aftermath of this awful, awful cold and extended freeze, I'm not looking super great either. If you have any dangling limbs from your trees, um, you'll want to get those removed. A nice, clean cut will heal better than a jaggedy, raggedy break. And your tree is just going to look better too with a nice clean cut. If you aren't able to do it yourself safely, please hire help. A good certified arborist will help shape your tree so that it looks good um, after it heals. So you know they'll they'll take the time to make sure that your tree is going to be symmetrical um, after um, trimming it up. Now, some companies that are coming through town are just looking to make a quick buck, so just be careful. Do a little research before you hire somebody. Make sure they are bonded and insured in the very least. The last thing you want are more issues like property damage or having to hire a second company that has actual experience to come back and reshape your trees. Just because somebody has a chainsaw and can give you a good deal, it doesn't mean that they know what they're doing. So take a little time and hire a certified arborist. Depending on your homeowner's policy, you might have tree coverage that is separate from your dwelling coverage. Check your policy or call your agent and see if storm damage to your landscaping is covered. 
older hardwood trees add value to your property. So if you have damage from the storm, it's worth, um, you know, just picking up the phone, giving a call and find out if there is any coverage for them. That way you can go ahead and take care of them now. Now, shrubs are a different story. Unless you just have some amazing insurance, the chances of a freeze damaged bush being covered aren't really good. So you're going to have to deal with um, your shrubs yourself. Fortunately, for our part of Central Texas, most of our shrub trees, shrubs and trees um, haven't broken dormancy yet. And um, they haven't started to put on their spring growth. New growth is much more vulnerable to temperatures, um, both hot and cold. So the timing of the storm was actually pretty good. If we were going um, to have this terrible freeze, at least it happened before our plants started to wake up and put on new growth. I am really certain that our fruit trees are going to struggle um, with blooming this year, but at least we didn't get a big freeze when the peaches um, started blooming, um, because if that had happened when um, all the blossoms came out, then we really would have no fruit. Um, they, the blossoms can't take temperatures below 30 degrees. So once again, it's a wait and see kind of deal. Leave most of your plants alone and just see what happens as the weather warms up. You know, don't be surprised if some shrubs and some bushes don't respond um, like they normally do when they return in the springtime. Honestly, it could take a couple of growing seasons for these poor plants to um, bounce back to their former beauty. As far as pruning goes, Personally, I'm going to be a bit conservative with my cleanup efforts right now. If I see some obviously dead wood, dead stems, branches, um, I'll probably cut those out and you know make clean cuts and get down to um, the green part so it can heal. I'm definitely not going to be doing a lot of shaping or even cutting back. I just don't want to stress out my plants right now. Um, they've had a hard time and I'm just not going to not going to risk um, stressing them out even more but you know little things like snipping off the freeze damaged tips of my boxwood bushes I'm okay with doing that now um, but I'm not comfortable with reducing my plants by very much right now um, I'm just just take care of the obviously dead stuff now, if you aren't sure if your plant is dormant or if it's actually dead, um, there are a couple things that uh, you can do to check their viability. If your plant has a woody stem, um, just use your fingernail to scrape the outer brown layer. If there's any bit of green, it's still alive. If it's brown underneath and that part of the stem, um, it's gonna be dead. If you get brown, you know, try scraping another part of the stem, maybe lower on the plant. If you don't see any green, then you can feel confident that your plant is dead and you can just go ahead and remove it and throw that mess onto the compost pile. The stem scratch test for um, woody plants works great for 
small bushes, perennials, and young trees. It works um, for larger trees and bushes too. But unless you have fingernails like, I don't know, Shrek, um, most of us won't be able to use a fingernail to scrape the thick bark. But a small little pocket knife will work just fine. All you have to do is make a small nick in the bark and then pull it back a little bit to see if there is any green. This green layer between the bark and the white or the light colored wood inside is called the cambium. The cambium is responsible for generating new cell growth. As long as this green layer is present, your plant is alive and has the potential to keep growing. So if you see green under the bark, then your plant stands a really good chance of recovering. Some plants react differently to stressors like the cold. Some may not look very good, but they didn't actually turn brown. They might have turned like a darker green or they could have gotten lighter. Several of my patio plants did not turn brown, but they still look like total crap. More delicate and tender parts of the plant may have withered and drooped and even dried out a bit. If you um, bend the stem and it snaps um, and breaks easily, then that part is dead. If it's still flexible, there's still some hope. You can keep checking the plant for flexibility, but signs of brittleness also indicate issues with dehydration stress. I have some plants that are like this. Um, they're not brown and dead, but they're more on the green and crispy spectrum of color. So uh, for these guys on my patio, I'm going to keep an eye on them and continue to water them based on how the soil looks and feels. I'm hopeful some might bounce back as the weather um, warms up. A bunch of dead looking plants out here on my patio isn't a great look at all, but some of them might pull through. If not, I'll just put them in the wheelbarrow and take them out to my compost pile and let them break down and turn into useful compost. As our weather starts warming up, the compost pile will get more active and all the microbes and soil critters will turn our sad dead plants into fantastic compost that we can use later. Still being winter time, most of the deciduous trees around here still have no leaves. And of course that's completely normal. A few trees I noticed started to um, put on buds, but for the most part, from a timing perspective, the timing of the storm could have been worse if it happened um, a little bit later. That said, the trees that stay green through the winter have suffered a bit from um, the freeze. In my yard, the loquat, the magnolias, and the live oaks are the only trees that have had any green leaves this winter. Loquats and magnolias are evergreen and they will keep most of their leaves throughout the year. They drop their leaves here and there all year long, so they never get completely naked. But live oaks are a little different. They keep their, their leaves through the winter and then drop them all at once in the springtime when they get new leaves. I usually forget this happens every year um, when all the other trees finally put new buds on and they start to leaf out. That's when the live oaks drop all of their leaves. 
um, it happens uh, really quickly too. One one day the tree has leaves and it's green, and it seems like they drop overnight, and all we have is bare naked live oak tree. Usually the live oak leaves don't turn um, color very much, at least not for a sustained time on the tree like um, other trees do during the fall. But um, this year with a crazy freeze, I've noticed the leaves on the live oaks are brown. We have a bunch of live oaks at work all along the front of the property and they got nipped pretty hard by the freeze and their leaves are also brown. Um, one of my coworkers even commented to me about them and yeah, they, they do look pretty bad. Um, considering all the freeze damage on our other plants, um, it's a bit alarming to see all those brown leaves on the live oaks, but I'm not overly concerned for the live oaks um, at work or um, my two little trees, what we have here in the backyard. No, uh, because I know that this is the time of the year where they get ready to lose all their leaves anyway when they put on spring growth. They should be just fine once they drop their leaves and start putting on new ones. We just have to be patient for them to do their thing. Um, and they usually do their thing later um, in March. I do anticipate that the cold weather um, will have an effect on the leaf production. I'm thinking that they may not be as full this year because of the freeze. As long as we don't get another freaky dip in the temperatures when they are starting to bud out, I think the live oaks are going to recover just fine. As far as other cleanup and recovery chores go, you may be tempted to fertilize your plants in an effort to help them recover from all this damaging um, freeze that we had. Just remember that the harsh temperatures and the snow and the ice really took a toll on our plants. Those plants that didn't outright die are still stressed. We had a couple of very nice warm days this past week, but it's still really early days and our plants are in recovery mode and will be throughout the spring. Fertilizer seems like a good idea right now, but think of it this way. When people don't feel well, we look to nourish our bodies with good food. But while we are sick and convalescing, we don't really go for super rich foods like heavy cream soups or spicy food or thick steaks. We go for foods that are uh, much more soothing to our systems like clear soups and lean proteins and things that are, you know, nutritious, but also highly digestible and easy for our bodies to take up the nutrients. Stress plants aren't that different. Overdoing the fertilizer right now will just be a waste of fertilizer and not really great for your plants. Normal unstressed plants are able to absorb what they need and they respond to a regular amount of fertilizer. On the other hand, stressed plants can't handle a regular application of fertilizer. They aren't going to be able to absorb a lot of the nutrients right now. Most people don't want a big greasy cheeseburger when they don't feel well. A lot of us want more bland foods like brothy soups and saltine crackers. 
Stress plants are the same way. They don't want a bunch of rich fertilizer. They are, they will be content and they will do fine with minimal care right now. This means they are perfectly capable of subsisting on ground moisture and existing soil nutrients. They don't need a whole lot of extra love right now. So just wait until you see some new growth before getting out the fertilizer. Even then, only use half as much as what the package says. You can always give more diluted fertilizer if your plant doesn't respond. If you give too much though, you could damage your plant with excess fertilizer, especially nitrogen. Nitrogen, um, which is responsible for leafy green growth, can actually burn your plants if there's too much. So wait until you see some new growth before supplementing with extra fertilizer. If you can't stand it and you just wanna do something now to help support your plants, you can top dress your plants with a little bit of finished compost. It's gonna give your plants just a little bit of nutrition, but it's also gonna help the soil microbes, but it's not gonna harm your plants. Another thing to consider is that many of our plants are dormant right now, and they don't have a lot of nutritional needs while they are dormant. So lay off the fertilizer. You are listening to Plow and Hose on KBSR Black Sparrow Radio. If you are enjoying my show, I hope you will go over to www.blacksparrowmusicparlor.com and click on the link to KBSR. It's going to be in the upper left-hand corner. Um, When you go over there, you can learn more about the station and our other shows like The Ragged Edge. Ragged Edge is a show about local events, local politics, and pop culture, hosted by my friend Richard Stone. Stick around after Plown Hose on Sunday mornings and catch the Ragged Edge. All right, let's get back to plants. I gotta be honest with you, I'm starting to get a little tired talking about stressed, dead, and dying plants, but I just wanna do a quick recap of all that I've talked about so far. The main thing that we need to do for our plants right now is just to be patient. That awful freeze did a number on our plants and trees. There's gonna be a lot of plants that won't make it. Some just died quickly. Some are taking their time dying. Some are going to rally and bounce back and be fine. And then there's going to be some that are still alive, but they are going to struggle. Go ahead and remove any gross mushy leaves like on aloe or agave, cacti, and any succulents. You can remove damaged branches in plants that you know are in fact fact, completely dead. Take all that mess out to the compost pile and let the microbes and mother nature Turn it into black gold that you can use on your plants later in the year. For all the other plants that you have out there, just leave them be for a while. Let them have a chance to recover before you start cutting on them. Unless you have roses, 
don't go doing any major pruning. Established roses are really hardy and they don't mind being pruned after a hard freeze, but they are the exception after a hard freeze. All other plants and shrubs wait just a little while to cut them back. Also, don't be going around pouring lots of fertilizer on your stressed out plants. Just take your time and watch your plants over the next couple of weeks and months to see how they do. Once it warms up, either they will start to put on new growth and you know they're still alive, or they won't. Then you can dig those up. Some plants will be just fine. I have a good feeling that a lot of our plants are going to be better off than we really expected. We just have to wait and find out. Some plants are going to struggle and they won't look good. I can already tell that my nopal cactus um, is going to be one of my problem plants because right now it's a hideous mess. It looks terrible there are broken sections all throughout it some of the sections are broken right down to the base i feel pretty confident it's going to survive but i also don't think it's going to look very good for a long time i'm going to clean up the mess right now and i will give it a chance i'm going to let it be Wait a little bit, see if it's going to come back, and see what kind of new growth it puts on. Maybe it, maybe it won't be so bad, and it'll have a nice shape, but I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about that one. Okay, after giving your plants some time to recover and come back this spring, if you have a few that are struggling, you know, just trust your gut. If it looks ugly and misshapen, even after you've pruned it, don't feel like you have to keep dealing with it. Just pull it up and make space for something new and healthy. You don't have to nurture a sad looking plant. If you feel it's too far gone, just rip it up and make room for something new. We are coming up on the last average fast for um, the year. Um, that is March 5th. So if you have baby peppers and tomato seedlings inside, it's almost safe to put them outside. And the same goes for any cold tender plants that you have inside or maybe in your garage. Keep an eye on the weather. And if you do decide to transplant those tomatoes and peppers, this past week I have been out and about checking on things around my yard. Overall, I'm pretty optimistic about most of my plants. Honestly, only time will tell what is going to come back. And if it doesn't come back or if it doesn't do well, then I'll just pull it out and plant something that is new and healthy. I'll find plenty of things to replace. You know, this freeze was completely out of my control, so I'm all right with the losses. I can't revive dead plants. So right now, it's just a wait-and-see game. As disappointing as losing plants is, I have to admit that I'm actually pretty disappointed that some plants seem to be completely unfazed by the super deep freeze that we got. I'm looking across my yard and looking at all the ligustrum that has popped up over the years along the fence line. These plants have been 
have been there for a really long time and I really don't like them. Even though all the little birds, like the cedar waxwings, they love, love, love the berries on them. I don't. I don't like these plants. Ligustrum are non-native and invasive. They really love our conditions here in Central Texas. And unfortunately, they have a tendency to take over. I was super hoping that they would die. But... You know, I looked it up and they are really quite tolerant down to zero degrees. The, you know, they had ice that built up on the leaves and now all those leaves are brown. But I just know they're going to make a comeback when the leaves drop and they start to put out new leaves. Ligustrum is a jerk plant and that's just what jerk plants do. I have another jerk plant that I don't like. And that is the Nandina that is in, that's been planted in the front of my house. It's been there forever. It was here when we got here. I hate it. Now, there are two types of Nandina. There's regular and there's clumping. Clumping Nandina grows like a regular little bush. It's neat and tidy and it's considered um, a dwarf size um, of Nandina. Regular Nandina, on the other hand, is invasive. It spreads by runners underground, kind of like how um, Bermuda grass grows. It just sends out little runners and it just spreads all over the place. And it refuses to die. All that Nandina in the front had at least half a foot of snow and it had a really nice thick layer of ice on top of it. And I was crossing my fingers and cross my toes and I was really hoping that it would freeze to death but nope nope stupid Nandina didn't flinch at all and of all my shrubs that Nandina looks exactly the way it did before the freeze it's so annoying it didn't get any sort of freeze damage I hate that stuff all right, <laughs> walking around the yard, um, I was actually impressed by all the little yellow dandelion flowers that um, amazingly survived the ice and the snow too. I know a lot of people hate dandelions, but they're all right in my book. And that's because they are one of the early sources of nectar for bees and other pollinators. Dandelions bloom when there isn't much else blooming. So... They're cool by me. They're helping our little pollinators stick around until um, we get some spring blooms. Another thing that I've noticed is that there are a lot of spring weeds that survive too. I've seen chickweed and henbit out in the yard and then also in some of the flower beds that I have. Um, even before the ice storm, I noticed um, cleavers that were starting to pop up. Um, it's also called um, goosefoot. It's also sometimes called Velcro weed because it's an obnoxious sticky weed that just grabs and clings and sticks to everything when you walk by. I mean, if your cat or dog walks past it, it just, it will even, if, if they brush up on it, it'll just grab onto their fur 
and they'll be walking around with a piece of uh, cleavers stuck to their to their bodies. Cleavers likes the warm weather, so I am hoping that the freeze killed a lot of it. It has a very shallow root system, and it's really easy to pull up, so maybe the cleavers won't be bad this year. Last year, they were really bad. Okay, if you are ready to move on and think about springtime, there are a lot of things that you can start from seed, both indoors and outside. Carrots, beets, radishes, and lettuces can all be planted outside from seed. Squash and cucumbers can be started inside, so you can go ahead and get a jump start on those. You can try one last round of cold season plants like broccoli, spinach, and cauliflower. They may be hard to find this time of year since the nurseries are starting to push out their warm season plants, but if you can find them, you can try it. You never know. You can also plant fruit trees and berries. So go to your local nurseries like Taylor Garden Center and pick up some fruit trees or some berries to plant. I, for one, am really, really looking forward to March. I think it will be a great month and I'm optimistic about having a good spring with reasonable weather and lots of great plants. All right, I'm going to wrap up the show now. But before I leave you all today, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening, of course. But I also want to thank the Taylor Press for mentioning Plow and Hose in their spring edition of their magazine, 76574. This is the magazine that comes out quarterly. And it comes in the mail to, I think, all the addresses in Taylor. So thank you, Taylor Press, and thank you, Catherine Parker, for the great interview, and thanks for including me um, in the magazine. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas.